Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Jay Cross. I am Joe Branton. And Matthew Knight. I am Jay Cross. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yes, and welcome, dear listener, to the 281st episode of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. Lovely to have you back, Matt. You've been uh, away on holiday for a bit. I went went to, uh, to Dorset. Ooh. Actually, technically, I, I, went, I went to Lyme Regis, which is in Dorset, but we drove somewhere one day, and I was like, it says, welcome to Devon? And I didn't realise that basically Lyme Regis is on the border. Um, so I was like, oh, driving between county lines now, are we? Hmm. Um, but yes, it was very nice. The seaside, we were incredibly lucky with the weather. Um, I think, thankfully, we what just missed... What are you talking missed- about? All the pictures that you put up on Instagram were you in the oh, rain. It's when, yeah, but that's like... You know, that's good British weather. Oh, okay. At least it wasn't thirty-eight degrees, which would have oh, actually well, been, <laughs> which would have been terrible. Um, it would have been far too hot. Yeah, it was quite windy at some points, um, but apart from that, actually, it remained fairly dry. Oh, well, it is lovely, uh, lovely to have you back. Um, I, I must introduce uh, our new patrons joining us this uh, this week, both at the at the five dollar tier. Thank you very much to Martin Cox and also to Cat. So, uh, so thank you, thank you both for for joining. Cat's did only you, given the name ex- Cat. So, I did you extend the name Martin because he put loads of A's? He did when... put loads of A's. Oh, okay. Yes. Fine. So, just yes, checking. Uh, yes. No, I wasn't just sort of you know. I thought you maybe like trodden on something <laughs> <laughs> halfway through saying his name. Yes. No. So yes, welcome, welcome aboard the Patreon train. Another uh, couple of legends on the train. That's uh, that's where that's are a legend now? train. Choo choo. Sorry. How far away are we from mod mode now? About the same, actually. Uh, you know, you, you win some and you lose some, so uh-huh. it's uh, so we're around the same place, but still less than fifty dollars away from uh, Few, fewer. Mod mode. Yeah, yes, yeah, fewer than fewer than fifty dollars <laughs> away from, uh, from mod mode. So, Matt, did you get up to any? Uh, did you see any guitar shops on your holiday? Anything like that? Happened? Actually, I saw one and I couldn't go in. Um, yeah, I actually went to Bath and Vintage and Rare is there. Oh, of um, course, oh. but they oh. are open for appointment only. Damn. And uh, I thought best not to phone for an appointment um, when I'm on holiday with uh, with my partner standing outside, <laughs> being like, "Can I can I come in, please?" Or in case you accidentally bought a '60s Gretsch or something. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, no, very few music shops. Actually, I was hoping to find you know one of those like really small ones that doesn't really have like an internet business, and then you walk in and they've got like you know new in box boss pedals from like the 80s and like yeah that's what i want um although when i was driving home yesterday um went past tune in music um yeah. which is like on the outskirts of london never seen it's just second hand went on their website got an original dm2 for sale oh cool um so you know these things do turn up um mm. but no 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 real musical stuff um Matt, you didn't. You didn't really. Break. You didn't really talk about your uh, your your new gear day when you bought your car. I don't think. Did you? Uh, did How we? was that? How was that on its on its on its first big trip? It was fine. I mean, I don't drive, so you know. Yeah. It was a great great passenger vehicle. So you slept. Yeah, and I slept. Amy got I, you there. Yeah, and she got me there. Bless her. She did an amazing job. Uh, four and a half hours. I think it's one of the longest journeys she's 
ever done as well. So she learned to drive in London, which is a nightmare. Um, but yeah, driving, you know, a lot of motorways and then into the countryside. Um, one of the, just the craziest things, actually, just in terms of that is having lived in London, then going away to like proper countryside, you forget how fewer people live outside of London. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I all came back and I was like, wow, so this is the most people I've seen for like <laughs> two weeks. Um, I went for a run when I was back at home and I didn't see, a, I, I did eight, seven miles or eight miles, didn't see a single person. It's just like, wow, this wow. is great. I want to live here. That is mad. Yeah, I, no. I'm a big fan of of you know empty, you know, quiet villages. There, it is it is mm. lovely being in these places. I'm on the vintage and uh, rare website at the moment. They have some absolutely cracking um, instruments there. There's so much that I wish I could purchase. Best thing ES three thirty T with the single P ninety bang in the middle of the body. Yeah, that's the one. Sunburst. Well, I mean, that is a great guitar. It's it actually that- says sold out on that one, but you know that is a lovely guitar. They've got a, a Gibson um, Barney Castle as well. Very cool. Oh, yeah. We had one of those in the shop once, I think. Did we? I think a reissue one. Yeah, so it's, a, it's like a uh, so it's like a, an ES-175, but a double cutaway. Double cut. But the horn is obviously on an ES-175. It's quite an aggressive, sharp horn. So it's uh, like two very sort of devil-like horns on a, on a big, deep jazz box. And then on the on the Barney Kessel, you get a wooden tailpiece with his name, um, sort of on a plaque on there, which is quite unusual for Gibson. The the way that works, and it, it's in a gorgeous sort of red tinted sunburst. Uh, less than less than seven thousand pounds for a nineteen sixty one uh, Barney Kessel. I think that's that's actually very reasonable considering you know how much you pay for a, a Gibson custom shop today to be able to get something from 61 in in what looks like absolutely incredible condition um, they've um, actually yeah they've got oh they sold that's a shame they they had a 2005 Gibson custom shop 54 reissue gold top doesn't sound very exciting until you realise it's the one pickup version mm-hmm. nice. so no scratch plate just one <laughs> volume one tone Absolutely. Wrap around bridge. So Lovely. good. So good. I've always um, wanted one of those. Joe, just having a look on, uh, on just looking up Barney Kessel. Did you know that there was a K, he had a K signature model come out only last year, which is wild because he died about 20 years ago. But, um, you know, he died 15 years ago. But yeah, he's had a, um, a K signature model come out. I didn't know that K were... Making oh, yeah. new guitars. So, so K have been K have been back up and running for a few years, and they have okay. um, they have quite a, a like a, a a minimal range of instruments that they're uh, that they're making now. But they look absolutely fantastic. They, especially when it comes to basses, I think they've in, they've made some really nice stuff. And it's not um, it's not cheap stuff. They're uh, you know it's not especially premium priced, but they're certainly um, you know they're not just banging out you know uh you know sort of bad, badly made budget stuff anymore they're kind of they're going back to k's original like 50s roots and really trying to make some interesting nice looking reissues um i wish i could remember what the models are available um yeah that's right so they they actually um release them as vintage reissues um, okay and and then uh, yeah, let me pop along to all guitars. <laughs> man, man, Google's on a podcast, but yeah, so they do a series of the Thin Twin. That was the one I was trying to remember the name of, but there are sort of seven models in total, including the bases, two bases. Now, uh, the pro base for me is is very cool, like a single cut, deep jazz bodied guitar. These lovely big Art Deco headstocks that they actually mimic on everything. They're kind of um. Two-tiered headstocks, but not the way you think, because it's a two-by-two or a three-by-three headstock with this big sort of triangular pizza slice that's raised in the middle. So very sort of 50s, kind of art deco-y, that sort of that sort of look really very statement headstocks and then on the on the bases you get in the same way you know on the like the reverend um uh the the reverend greg cock uh signature model you've got like that um the scratch plate piece underneath the neck pickup 
Yes. Well, they have they have that mimicked on the pro base, but on the pro base, um, the scratch plate is like a tiger, uh, you know, print. Uh, that, that sort of I thing. thought like, you were going to say like a tiger, like an <laughs> yes, actual it's tiger. A, it's just a tiger, but you know that sort of old uh, tortoiseshell sort of look, the tigery um, tortoiseshell look. So it's that. So it's just such an incredible statement piece. But uh, like proper tortoiseshell. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and that's that sort of style of tortoiseshell is mimicked across the range, like the thin twin, which I think is the the guitar that's definitely the most interesting. Um, they do in like this in like a a gorgeous sort of. Um, uh, it, it's like a, it's a maple top, but it's very yellowed, and it has like a lovely velvety finish to it. A big oversized um, tigery scratch plate pinstripe binding. This very very. It's called the Thin Twin because of the pickups that Kay originally designed in the fifties, which were these incredibly thin lipstick style pickups that they have in extreme positions on the neck and the bridge. Um, you know, and and then sort of really oddly tightly placed volume and tone controls. They're really cool, like really interesting guitars. They're all just under a thousand pounds, I think. Um, you know, so so they're you know relatively premiumly priced. I think really interesting, awesome guitars. If you're looking for something different, I think really interesting. But, there you uh, go. Yeah, I was actually on there uh, while you were. Just saying that, I was scrolling through, and uh, they've got a second-hand guitar from Night Guitars. Um, I didn't Sounds know I rubbish. My, I didn't have, <laughs> didn't know I had my own brand, but uh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you do from the you UK do. as well. Huh. How about that? How about that? But yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's some great stuff. Oh, Vintage and Rare is so good. They've got like a, I'm looking at a, a Green Sparkle 1962 Fender Jaguar. That's price is pleasing choir oh, that's uh, what sorry its price is pleasing choir oh okay yeah <laughs> i thought i thought you said pleasing <laughs> choir yeah, you, like, just, you have to you have to turn up with a pleasing choir yeah and then exactly. they're like oh that's, that's good enough oh here's your jaguar sir <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, that makes sense. Well, yeah, they've got some fantastic stuff on there. Now, before we uh, we get into you know talking about some more guitars, it is the start of a new month, and so in line with that, um, guitar nerds are uh, a donating portion of uh, our, our profits every um, every month to a new charity. And this month, we've selected Girls Rock London, which you can check out, dear listener, on girlsrocklondon.com. So GRL is a is a music project for girls, women, trans and non-binary people in London. And they uh, they run projects where participants learn about music making and performance. Their programs are aimed at complete beginners as well as experienced musicians. And it provides a platform for girls and women and trans and non-binary people to find and develop their voices. Not just vocally, you know, their, their, their musical contribution. Um and their their aim is to demystify music making, challenge gender inequality in the music industry, and build participants' self esteem and confidence, which is which is awesome. What a fantastic charity! I know it's it's, it's very localized for us. Obviously, last month we were doing something much more global in in uh, in Black Lives Matter, but now yeah, we'll do this lovely sort of London based charity um, because they. They seem absolutely wonderful, and we'll be picking a new new one each week. But you, dear listener, can check them out at girlsrocklondon.com, where you can read all about what they do, and you can also uh, you can also donate um, to the charity as well, or help them in um, in uh, obtaining equipment for all of their uh, for all of their projects. Um, so yes, a very very lovely charity to to get involved with, indeed. Yeah, now, good stuff. Yes, yes, very good stuff indeed. Now, um, so like this this week, last Friday, I launched the first episode of um, the Home Recording Guide, a, uh, a new sort of like Friday series of podcasts, just running a four part, and we got uh, we, we Neural DSP teamed up with us as well as Focusray, actually, uh, for that series of podcasts, and Neural DSP are doing thirty percent off uh, with us. 
on all of their plugins. So I want I want to just make sure listeners are aware of that because I think it's uh, an absolutely incredible deal. All you've got to do is, you know, as with most of these things, use the code GUITARNERDS at the checkout and you can get 30% off any of the new DSP plugins. But my goodness, they do a fantastic range of plugins. Of course, they do an Omega Ampworks uh, range of plugins, Matt, which uh, you, you play the real thing. Yeah, yeah. Um... I'm looking forward to actually listening to this podcast, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yes, it's uh, yeah. You you can learn. I mean, the first episode we spent a lot of time talking about plugins. With the second episode, we're going to be focusing much more on hints and tips and uh, and things that you can do to improve. Um, you know, when recording from home, I've got some great producers coming on onto the episode, so we'll be trying to sort of pick their brains a bit on uh, on good practice for recording from home. But one of the one of the newer DSP plugins I've spent a lot of time with is the Corey Wong um, uh, from from uh, Wolfpack. Um, yeah, he his range of plugins are incredible. Like a lovely range of like crystal clean guitar amps, bass amps included, and then the effects. The Shimmer Reverb is absolutely unbelievably good. Um, really incredible and like a really good kind of versatile delay as well sort of like um uh like big sky or uh or sort of you know the boss 500 series influence style delay on there which i mean he's um he is just like a monster player i've only really just got into like his playing and the band and they um headlined uh madison square garden and I watched that live performance, which is wicked because it's all filmed on one camera, and the guy's just like wandering around the stage, like filming the band. I'm like, it's amazing. His playing is like incredible, and obviously Joe Dart's like a ridiculous bass player. Yeah. Um, and because he's very much of that sort of like clean funk guitar sound, those plugins work really, really well. Um, and I'm keen to like get into plugins more. I think the way I've always struggled is uh and what i always used to say like working in shops was it's that kind of like player feedback that response between the guitar and then like the the guitar speaker um and i sort of lack that sometimes with plugins because you don't almost get that same response um i certainly think that has been the case and i do think plugins are advancing at such an alarming well, I mean, you only have to like watch. I mean, I've watched loads of videos of um, you know people demoing. If you watch like Toast and Bassi doing his, you know, plugins, or even like Rabia demoing some of them, whatever, they just sound so good. Once they're mixed into a track, and you know, you're listening with headphones on, they just sound so good. Yeah, like you wouldn't really tell. I think the only barrier for me using them sometimes is myself because I'm so used to hearing a guitar through an amp. Yeah. And I think if you can get, you know, like many others, you get past that. I think, yeah, the whole world of other options open up because of the sheer processing power that a, a Mac or a PC can actually give you over a chip inside a, a guitar effects, for example. Yeah. yeah. Um, and how much, you know, you can actually do. I can't remember if we were talking about it on this podcast or who I was talking to about a friend of mine um works with a bunch of you know sort of composers and, and stuff like that and he got given um a, one of the top of the range like mac towers like absolutely specced to the max it's got like a four terabyte solid state drive in it and it's got like a ridiculous amount of ram and he said that his like load-in session for logic had something like a hundred tracks and every track was running every plugin Wow. With like no CPU slowdown, <laughs> and uh, you just you can't get that sort of power in um, in like a an effects processor. No. So there are some you know crazy things that you can you can do. So um, I think there is a, a new generation of guitar players that will will use that, um, yeah, especially absolutely. in the studio. I think it's just going to be interesting how people take that live. I think that's the one thing that's not there yet. These people may be using that live. I'm sure there are some people you don't hear about it as much. I guess it's not as exciting as being like, yeah, I play this 59 Les Paul through this like 1960s, you know, Marshall. Um, it's like, yeah, I play this, you know, this Fender Strat through my MacBook Pro um, <laughs> into my in-ear monitors. You know, it's, I guess maybe it's not quite as exciting yet, but 
I definitely think there'll be a player in the not too distant future who will be that will be their rig. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, there's no reason for it not as things are getting better. And I do think that the that plugins and plugin success is something that's been isolated very much to tech metal um, over the you know the last few years. You know, even even you look at Neural DSP's um, catalog of amplifiers, and the bulk of them are those sorts of virtuoso heavy players. And I think that sort of tone, because it's so digital in its in its sound. Um, lends itself very well to plugins. For me, the the Corey Wong is the first one that I think has stepped outside of that because it's uh, it is actually dynamic and um, and you know the cleans have a lot of <clears throat> like a, a lot of a lot of life to them rather than that sort of very simple digital tone that you get from yeah, I think, more um, tech stuff. I put it down to like almost like virtual headroom. You know, sometimes, you know, especially in the early days of you going into a plugin, everything just felt very narrow, I guess, is my, is one way to put it. You know, the sounds really feel like they didn't have a lot of dynamic range. And now it feels like, yeah, you can... It almost feels like, you know, you are getting that plaffy, but the more you put in, the more you, you get out of it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm keen to um, to give it a go, definitely. Yeah. Um. And that one especially. And I think actually what's really good from what I've seen is they actually, there are obviously options, but they, they don't give you like 300 amps. They're like, here's the Corey One plugin, plugin, <laughs> plugin, <laughs> and here's like 300 variations on one amp that he used. And it's like, I think there's, there's only like two or three amps, right? Two or three there are amps, two or three, two or three amps, three, and then yeah, two or there's three a, effects, and then a hand. There's a handful of presets on there because of course they they give you some some bass guitar voicing on those amps as well yeah that's um, cool which is quite cool so there's a there's a handful I, I don't know how many i don't know like 10 15 maybe right. but then it's then it's all you you know it's up to you to manipulate these and you to choose your selection because yeah three amp heads three cabs um you know a couple of drives and uh, a reverb and a delay you know and a, a compressor like it's it's quite simple there's the flexibility comes in in kind of how you use that equipment Mm. I mean, his but. his pedal board is actually really, really simple. I think it's uh, I think it's got a compressor, a couple of light drives. He uses an Eventide H9 for wah sounds and a couple of other sort of like filters, and then like a Big Sky. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, there you go. Very, very simple. And yes, this this mimics that sort of uh, completely. But yes, very good. So listener, go check out uh, Neural DSP. Um, if you're you know interested in home recording, I think they've got some really good stuff. And as I say, you get thirty percent off with code Guitar Nerds. Um, let's do some news. 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 First up, and we're coming straight back over to you, Matt Knight. Why don't we talk about um, a company that you bought a pedal from uh, quite recently? Not this one. There's a new a new release from Jackson Audio. Yes, brand new. Um, so this would have been announced September first. So this is the I'm gonna hope I pronounce this right. El El Gapo. Yes, uh, it means uh, it means handsome. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, is it Guapo? Guapo. Yeah. Guapo. Yeah, uh, which is handsome. Yeah. Which is the Mateus Asato signature overdrive distortion from Jackson Audio. Um, so Jackson Audio, we spoke about a bit when I bought the Golden Boy, which is the Joey Landreth um, signature multi-diode um, overdrive distortion. This is a well represents a sort of two-year development process with Matas Sato for a Marshall in the box, Marshall in a box style pedal. Um, so they reckon it sort of perfectly replicates the sort of legendary JCM eight hundred. Um, but you've got a yeah a three band EQ drive uh, level controls as you'd expect, um, but adding in things like different uh, dial clipping styles similar to the the Golden Boy um, gain cycle, which I really like. Something I spoke about on the Golden Boy, which is you hit both foot switches together and it cycles through twenty percent, fifty percent, seventy five percent, or a hundred percent of where you set the gain control on the pedal um so you know if you set the the gain at all the way up you start off at 25 percent, quite low gain tap it in again 
gives you a bit more and a bit more. So you can have your your sort of rhythm style, your lead style, and you can cycle through that in the process. That's of a, a track, really for interesting example. feature. Like that's that's actually quite genuinely quite unique and quite new. Absolutely, yeah. I think um, it's really good. And obviously, when you add MIDI on, you can jump between those for different presets. For example, if using a switching system, um, but the the different diode clipping styles give you different overdrive or um, distortion variants on that. So it's almost like having a modded Marshall in a box. Now, obviously, Matthias Sato is sort of known for sort of like crystal clean, like Neo Soul kind of like, you know, really nice sort of playing on that soul, but also uses loads of gain in his solo work. So it covers sort of both of that. And I actually think this will be a fantastic pedal. Pedal comes in a really nice sort of black and gold finish. Um, but if it's anything like the Golden Boy, it'll be a fantastic um, unit, especially if you want that sort of plexi style um, drive. Obviously, all the EQ is parametric, so it's really good for tone shaping. Um, I think it's going to be a wicked pedal, and no doubt, loads of um, loads of people are going to go after it because of the Matthias Asato link. Obviously, yeah. I think he's got something like I think it was like over a million yeah, people on million. Instagram now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I it's mean, he is just million. a monster guitar player. Yes. Um, so yeah, the just to kind of go over it. So the the four different diode clipping modes um, take you anywhere from what they call vintage Marshall, classic screamer, asymmetric or symmetrical clipping. Um, so very much changes the um, not only the sound but actually the feel as well. Um, and again, how dynamic it is to your guitar playing. This is um, a very versatile unit. Yeah, yeah, and and obviously having the MIDI on there as well. One of the reasons I was using the um, the Golden Boy on my pedal board was um, for the MIDI stuff. I mean, there's a lot of options, so sometimes you do tend to just kind of find the sweet spot, um, and then that's where the um, the gain cycling comes in really handy. You know, you find the clipping sound that you like, you set the gain where you want, and then you've got that gain cycling that you can go through. Um, but what's nice is you can gain cycle and change all the clipping diodes and the boost um, all from the pedal itself. You don't have to have a MIDI controller. Um, it's just various combinations of the two foot switches. Um, so no doubt this will be an incredibly versatile drive pedal that you can really make your own. Um, Price-wise, nothing as of yet, but I'd imagine it's probably going to sit around the same price range as the Golden Boy, which I think was 299 I th uh, USD. I think I do have some price stuff on that. I think it's going to be a little bit more, uh, this one. I think it's going to be around the 349 right, okay. um, price point. Um, but uh, It could be I, the I, best Marshall in a Box pedal out there. Um, if they've really be. gone for the... Um, Golden Boy is really focused around the blues breaker, like King of Tone style circuit, which is actually also based on like a mar those pedals were based on that sort of Marshall, um, sort of cranked Marshall. So this is much more down the JCM 800, which is a very, very different um, kind of Marshall vibe to the uh, um, the ones that the blues breaker was based on. But uh, yeah. I think it should be I'm a good one. So consistently impressed with Jackson Audio at the moment. They they really sort of came out of nowhere for me. I don't think I'd even heard of them until you um yeah, you, you bought the Golden Boy. And then just everything I see them do seems to just be incredible. They offer just such high quality. Yeah, um, yeah. And I mean they've they've got a really nice compressor, a nice boost. Um of the chassis and the feel is just really nice, incredibly well built. Um, not many dealers. I don't think this. There might only be one, maybe two dealers in the UK. Um, I actually got mine from direct from them. Um, but yeah, just really well built, really well thought out. Um, clearly, just sort of like a lot of design, um, you know, and a lot of thought into the process of how it sounds and how it works and how easy it is to use, um, you know, on the fly as well. But like I said, I think for me, that gain cycling is, is a really killer feature. Like more pedals should have that. I think that's a really wicked feature to yeah. be able to cycle through all the different levels of that and just, you know, have a almost covers like three or four pedals on your pedal board. Attention to detail seems to be something very key to um, to Jackson Audio in general. I'm just looking at the, the Prism right now, which is their buffer, boost, preamp and EQ and overdrive all in one sort of single pedal 
Um, yeah, you and, see a lot of those sort of, I guess it's like a kind of, not like a utility pedal. I guess in some ways you could you could say that, like a make gooder um, in the sense that you would put it at the front of your pedal chain. It gives you all the things that you kind of need, but you don't want three separate pedals for. Um, yeah. The Unit 67 from uh, Drybell Effects makes me think this similar sort of thing. Um, you know, there's kind of always on pedals that you want to have at the beginning of your signal chain that sort of model the sort of input gain of an amp or, or something similar have you checked out the latest ball family reserve collection from ernie ball music man bfi is a celebration of ernie ball's heritage and instrument craftsmanship which features some of the finest figured tone woods and finishes available these rare pieces are offered in limited production runs and allow the public access to instruments previously reserved for family and loyal artists this month features the Bongo in Wild Cherry Burst, the Majesty in Blue Steakhouse, and the Valentine in Target Burst. Learn more about where to get yours at music-man.com forward slash BFR. Guitar Nerds is brought to you in association with Faith Guitars. Based right here in the UK, Faith Guitars are designed by British guitar luthier Patrick James Eggle, who has been hand-building guitars for decades for some of the biggest names in the business. Founded in 2002, Faith Guitars have been voted the UK's best acoustic guitars five times in a row by both the public and panels of music industry experts, so you can be confident in your new Faith Guitar. Like all quality acoustics, Faith guitars are made of all solid tone wood, so you can be sure they'll start off sounding great and improve year on year. Faith don't use laminated woods. But you'll be pleased to know that despite the all solid tone woods, the superb specification and handmade construction, Faith guitars are still affordable, with prices starting at around £450 or $600. US Discover the range at faithguitars.com and then visit one of the many UK or European retailers to try them for yourself. But hold up! If you're in the USA or Canada, you can buy direct at faithguitarsusa.com and by using the coupon code NERDS at the checkout, you can get an exclusive 10% discount. So, in the UK and Europe, check out the guitars at your local dealer or faithguitars.com. But for North American listeners, Buy direct at faithguitarsusa.com and use the coupon code NERDS for a special 10% off at the checkout. That's USA coupon code NERDS at the checkout. Faith Guitars, award-winning acoustics, designed right here in the UK. I'm on the... on, on on this uh, prism pedal, you can actually choose a colour as well. You can have it in stainless steel, anodized black, blue, or purple. Um, nice, nice. And you can also choose whether you want it new or scratch and dent blemished, <laughs> which is great. So I assume just ones that they've dropped. You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this one's perfect. Oh, I've dropped it. Oh well. Um, but yeah, no, great, great company. If you haven't checked them out already, definitely, definitely worth um, investigating. Um, really, really versatile. Can maybe take a couple of drive pedals off your board and free up precious space for other um, other effects. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, absolutely. Like ring modulator. Ring mod is very important. Do you know what? This uh, this week I had my first band practice uh, since all of this, uh, all of everything's been going on. I had my first band practice back in the studio, and uh, I was I I I first time I got my 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 tour pedal board back out of storage to use, and we were working on some new stuff. And I, I'm pretty much I am either driven. It's either a drive sound or a ring mod sound on my bass now. For all the new stuff, it's one of those two things. I could I've just minimise the board to the MS3, um, the the Boss uh, BC2 is X, is that BC1. BC1X, the, yeah, the, the bass compressor, and the uh, BB1X, the drive. So that's it. And all I'm doing on the MS3 is switching between a patch that has the drive on and a patch that has the built-in ring mod on. That's it. Nice. Ring mod for bass. It is I the future. Ring ring mod is a uh, is kind of a, a hidden gem. I think for some, you know, if you haven't really used it properly, because some, not all of them, if you can turn down the frequency low enough, it becomes an incredible trem. Um, and that was what was really good about the the Moog one, uh, the MF one hundred and two. You yeah. could get it super super uh, low, so it became like a really good trem and then with an expression pedal you could ramp up the uh the lfo and go into like crazy ring mod territory some are a little bit more musical than others um the one i guess the the one that was really versatile although i could never wrap my head around it as much was the one from electroharmonics the ring thing ring thing the ring mm. thing i, don't um, think, I think it was on it. um oh, when we did the pedal boards thing joe um way back it's probably like four years ago at oh, yeah. the Someone, roland the roland boss art center before i worked for roland we had all those pedal boards out. Yeah. There was a couple of ring things on the uh various pedal boards there being used yeah. for different I things i think tom peters used one yes yeah, I, I think, think tom peters yeah. had a ring thing he's actually you know he's he's coming on one of the uh, uh the home recording guide podcasts as he is a, a producer as a as a day job so he's going to be talking to me oh, soon nice on that but yes um jay cross uh you know we 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 absolutely cracked through a load of the wonderful fender releases last week but we completely bypassed the um 70th anniversary esquire yes so before we jump into that i was called out after the podcast last week <laughs> and i feel like i feel like i'm i'm being publicly pressured into making a into making a correction Oh really? Um, I didn't see this. <clears throat> Did you not? Okay, well that's because you've got all of these all of these people blocked on Facebook, I think, isn't it? You just <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so uh, t- uh someone I can't remember who it was now, someone uh on the Facebook group called me out uh for saying that uh oh, Kuna, yes. when we were talking about the Kunafe pickups, I said after a very long and tiring day, I called Kunafe an element, which of course it isn't. Of course, it's an ally. It's made up of three elements, um, copper, nickel and iron, for people thinking that I don't know that as well. Um, but yeah, so of course, I got I got, I got, got called out for that. And I also got privately called out for uh, my um, misdescription of the Trapper bass distortion. So uh, I should just quickly reiterate what that does, because basically I just... What I said was incorrect, and it was because I'd had a long day. But it's fine. We're we're here. We're all mates here, and it's fine. I don't mind being. Don't what mind did people. you get wrong? Because I'm really excited about that pedal. So basically, the Trapper bass distortion has got it's got the two drive circuits in, and uh, the signal doesn't split. But what what happens is the signal splits clean and and drive when you're in distortion two, and so you can just. If you're just running distortion two, you've got the clean path which goes through the low pass filter to roll off some of the top end, so that the driven half of your signal stays really distorted at the top end, but cleaner at the low end. I understand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Does that make sense? Yes, it okay, makes perfect fine. sense. I, ba- I, I basically said that the signal splits between one and two, which of course it doesn't do that. It's uh, yeah, you've just got your clean signal going through when you're using distortion two. So there we go. That's fine. That's it. That's I feel really uncomfortable doing that, and that's the last <laughs> yeah. time I'm ever gonna. And you'll know. Oh, did I apologize? If I apologized, it was a mistake. Right. Let's just let's just leave it as that. So yes, jumping back to the news this week. You're right, we didn't get to talk about the 70th anniversary Esquires, um, which is actually very cool. So 2020 is, of course, the 70th anniversary of the first electric guitar made by Fender, which was the Esquire, released in 1950. And um, to celebrate that, there are four um, different colours available as in the Esquire. And I, I was thinking about it. I can't remember the last time that a Esquire was available in the um, from the American range, I remember when we were at GAC, there was a uh, a short run of Mexican Esquires. Um, there's also been fairly recently some Squire Esquires, but I can't remember the last time that there was there was actually a an American Fender Esquire. Um, it seems a strange no. thing to not just be a standard model. Well, I guess the thing is, is that you know. You can get most of those sounds through a Telecaster. Yeah. You know. Esquire just sounds cooler. Esquire does sound very cool. It's a it's a cool thing to say. But yes, so the Esquire is I'm sure everyone listening to the podcast knows what an Esquire is. It's the uh the the original um guitar that Leo Fender brought to the market. It's a single pickup. It looks like a telly. Um you've still got three way selector switch there, which takes you through the three tonal options of uh, full tone, half tone, and tonal eclipse. And no, I will not be <laughs> elaborating on that. Uh, and uh, yes, yeah, 7.25 radius. Um, just a great looking guitar, great sounding. If you just want to have an absolute, um, you know, just raging, uh, um, like cool looking Telecaster, then you can get it in white blonde, you can get it in uh, surf green. Um, you can get it in Lake Placid Blue. Or oh, I thought it only came it. in Lake Placid Blue. Oh, no, 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 no. Or there's two-colour sunburst. So, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so you've got, yeah, white blonde. The white blonde is the one that looks, you know, the what you expect it to. It's, I think right, it's cool right. that it comes in in a couple of other colours. Surf green, I don't think... Um, I'd, I'd, I'd go for the sunburst. Yeah, oh, sunburst so square. Yeah, it's just, you're, you're really boring though. So, you know, <laughs> I, on the other hand, uh, would go for the white, which is, you know, right. definitely not a boring colour. <laughs> I think um, I think it's all the right specs in all the right places mm-hmm. on that one. Um, question for you, Jay. Mm. Is it is it routed for a neck pickup? Don't know. Or is it solid? Um, I, I would expect that it is routed for a neck pickup. Because I think that was, I, I don't actually know. Whether, because the Esquire obviously came first, so the, probably the early ones, I guess, were never routed. Were not, no. But then later on, I'm assuming they probably were just all routed the same and then just the correct neck plate was put on depending on what the order Yeah, was. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually don't know at all whether this was, whether this has got a, um, whether this has got uh, the routing. I, I would be surprised if it did not. Um, let's put it that way. But, uh, yeah, like you say, I mean, the, the telly, obviously, well, the broadcaster came only a year later um, and and then the telly the year after that. So I, I would suspect that there are there that it's got that it's got the routing in there. I'd yeah. be surprised if it didn't. The, re- the reason I ask is actually just another bit of um, news that was on the list, which I know we didn't we didn't mark. But obviously just reading it now, um, I see that there's a new brad paisley signature pickup called the secret agent um yeah who's doing that is that seymour duncan the seymour duncan which is a stealthy new neck position pickup that's designed to be hidden underneath the pick guard of a fender esquire I didn't realize it's designed to be hidden that's so cool it's yeah. bladed as well isn't it yeah so i think the the idea is that it's um it's got enough of a power so it still works under the pickup under uh, the pick guard uh, under the pick guard um but yeah you can have a three-way switch and some sort of tonal variations as well i mean obviously brad Paisley is an incredible player um you know and obviously he's known for playing you know tellies and esquires but i think that is incredibly 
uh, incredibly cool. Obviously, um, way back, you know, it's not a new concept to the uh, John English Stealth Esquire, um, which was one of the kind of like sort of rarities that does pop up every now and then from the Fender Custom Shop was the Esquire with the two hidden pickups uh, in the neck and in the middle position. Um, so I think this is really cool for people who have got an Esquire, maybe it has got that neck pickup route you could um install or even this. if you've or got a telly and yeah, you want to and you want to buy yeah, a yeah. scratch plate and make it into a super cool square yeah I mean, that's a great yeah, idea. i didn't even think of that that's a great idea that's a really cool um uh, product i mean on the note of you, you know sort of like fender's first bits and bobs do you know the the first ever left-handed um telecaster is currently for sale on reverb at the yeah moment. I've, I've seen that on there yeah yeah i've been to a 1951 left-handed butterscotch telly with all the in actually i mean it's used condition obviously you know it looks like it's had a well, yeah it's 69 <laughs> years old mate yeah. <laughs> but it's in it looks like it's had a it's 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 had a good life of playing but it's not too not too wrecked it's in you know this is what i would say light relicking i think fender would term it if it was a um if it was coming out of the custom shop 95000 pounds Wow. Um, it's so, it's it's over in the states, so it's also two and a half thousand pounds to ship it worth uh, over it here. Oh but, wow! Um, because of the uh, the insurance, I would, yeah, I guess I would so. suspect. Just yeah. um, at that point, where maybe this is something that someone in who listens to the podcast will know, or maybe Jay knows or could find out. When they made lefties at that point, were they special orders, or did they decide that they were going to make left-handed guitars? And that was just the first one off the run because obviously it requires a different. Well, I guess they were probably all. They hand were all handmade. No, yeah, they were all hand so cut. So I, I, my, I, I believe that this was a special order, but because I, I, I remember when this came up for sale, I think it was it it was literally just like the fellow went to his local guitar shop and said. I want one of these newfangled Telecasters, but I'm left-handed. So can you get me a left-handed one? And they just, you know phoned through to to fender and and he went yeah yeah okay why not yeah i'll figure it out just yeah. turn, just turn the turn it round in it just turn it round yeah <laughs> um so but i i i think they were i'm i'm sure that they were special order only um i don't think it was the the sort and and not actually in 51. that's 51 well like they, you know they, they, they wouldn't have been anything other than the special order yeah. I, I guess the thing is is you think about in 51 they were still the you know any a, a company that is just getting started you could probably ask them to do anything and they do it you know yeah. in the same yeah. way as a lot of guitar companies now if someone's just getting up and running and they don't have any left-handed guitars on their website i'm sure if you said oh i really like your guitars sorry hi there i'm yes it's me uh jay cross in 1951 i've just been on your website and uh, i see you don't have any left-handed guitars and also your your website's not very good um perhaps you could do something about that but no you know i reckon it, it all would have in in the same way as like the gibson you know we've talked about it before about how there's only four um burst les pauls made between the years of like 58 and 1960 and uh, I just I, I think they were always special order only. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I guess that's so. I guess that's where color. I mean, imagine going into a, a dealer in like 1961, being like, "God, I love love the look of this uh, strap." But you know what would be cool? Pink. And then they're just going, <laughs> "Yeah, I guess." I just phone Fender and find out. Yeah. Um, you know, I no. Just imagine to- Leo going around to the car dealership and just siphoning some. Uh, some pink paint from the from the the Cadillac range and well, I, I mentioned I mentioned straight onto a strat I mentioned at the time and uh, like a few weeks ago when we when we talked about it on the podcast and I cannot remember the name now that was given to the finishes but when strats were coming over to the UK for the first time because um uh because Fiesta red was such a popular color um at the time so thanks to Hank Marvin um, whenever strats were coming over in any other colours, lots of UK shops were just refinishing them in Fiesta Red yeah. because they were more likely to sell, which uh, <laughs> which uh, I thought was incredible. Like, yeah, <laughs> just I think these... that's, that's why it's so difficult to find Selma oh, I... finishes. They were called. Yeah, yeah. I it. think I think that's why trying to find like original 
or you get a lot of 60s guitars you know that were resprays and then obviously you get to the 80s and then people would like try and strip them back to like original finishes or then you get people go oh, i'm just gonna put like a floyd on it yeah that's it um, like you like find us no 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 kayla yeah. And, and find loader. like a 70s P bass that hasn't had sort of a, a huge uh, battery pack sort yeah, of exactly. routed yeah, out yeah. in the back of it so <laughs> that they could put EMGs in it. Um, but just a couple of other points about this Esquire that are probably worth pointing out. It's, it's a roasted pine body, which is quite unusual. Um, and but yeah, I've played a couple of these, and um, you know they're fantastic. Uh, obviously, it's the big U neck, which is what you get on uh, guitars of that that sort of era. Uh, and it's a it's a brand new pickup as well. Um, oh yeah, yes. So it's a, a special Tim Shaw designed Esquire pickup. So uh, yeah, like completely unique for this guitar. So very very cool. Um, very cool. Yeah, they they do look they do look great. I mean that white blonde one is just. I'm I'm a very simple person, and that is a simple guitar for a simple geezer like me. It does look fantastic on this uh, this left-handed telly. Very quickly, one owner, one owner. Yeah, rather. yeah, the yeah, owner, yeah. The owner died at ninety-five and played the guitar every day since nineteen fifty-one. Yeah. That's uh, that's amazing. Pretty yeah. incredible. Hey, also, you know, on on the. Um, sort of a you know custom made guitar talk the uh the guitar we're having built with um with guitar assembly is is nearly there i think we we decided a headstock now i put the the vote out to our all our social media communities and uh i only gave people an option of two tier headstocks because i just like the idea of a two tier headstock some were upset that there was no uh, sort of normal headstock, but we've selected a, a shape, and I think that's all uh, all going to go ahead. So you know, I just need to arrange to go up there and help make it. So it's uh, yeah, there we go, nearly there, nearly there with the uh, the new guitar nerds shell pink channeled instrument. I'm very excited. Very cool. Yeah, mm. it's going to be night. Should we talk about custom shop Gretches? Absolutely. Um, so while I was away, I, I got tagged. Uh, with this guitar uh, several times through uh, through social media. Uh, and I didn't realise it was actually part of a big range. So um, Gretsch uh, have obviously a custom shop, which is part of Fender, and there's only one master builder um, there, Stephen Stern, who has a small team of people. Um, I think a few people that have, have worked specifically with him just on building Gretsch guitars. And I think maybe Jay would back to stuff well. I think Stephen Stone was originally a furniture maker. I don't know his background, honestly. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I remember seeing a video and he was like, you know, well known for, for making furniture at one point and obviously moved to the Fender Custom Shop making Gretsch specifically and this year, 2020, they have announced a bunch of super cool, super limited. I don't know if they're just one of one or whether there are a few more. Um, there's a website here listing the ones that have landed in Europe. The one I got tagged in the most was the G6134T Penguin. So this is a master-built pink penguin, the absolute dream machine, but with three pickups um, in a yeah relic pink. This is an absolute machine available from Guitar Guitar in the UK at the moment. Two TV Jones and then another type of TV Jones in the neck position, which I'm not 100% sure on. Three pickup switches. Um, I think you can just turn them on all on and off individually um, with three controls. Bigsby, um, an absolute dream machine. That is my... I would absolutely love that guitar. So if anyone wants to buy it for me, um, I'd be very, very grateful. Um, but they've done a bunch of other ones in the range, which I think is super cool. So they've done a G6199 reverse Billy Bow. Um, the Billy Bow is, is one of the coolest oh. guitars. I don't even know how you'd explain it. I would just say... I don't know. I don't know. Like It's a, very like, long and thin. Yeah, it's... I mean, obviously, uh, Billy Gibbons is massively into hot-rodded 50s cars, so this is kind of just like a hot-rodded 50s Gretsch, I guess, uh, in some way. So they've done a closet classic finish in black sparkle, uh, one um, sort of P90 in the bridge, which I think is absolutely incredible. Um, they've got a G6120T Nashville, which is kind of your traditional big... Um, 
hollow body Gretsch in a two-tone lake placid blue. Um, the Falcon Roundup, which is very cool. So this is like a white Falcon body with the hollow body G Gretsch logo um, with this leather and studded bound. It's uh, so good. Which is amazing. These are like the most cowboy guitars I've ever seen. Absolutely. Uh, one which I think is very cool, which is a G6134 DC, so double cut white penguin uh, with the hardtail Cadillac bridge, which is the... Uh, the um, sort of c-shaped bridge on there which is awesome it's very um, cool that big headstock on kind of a smaller bodied double cutaway just looks fantastic yes yes uh there's also a g6136t which is the falcon um you know that's relatively standardized isn't it these are these the price tags on these are all are all pretty mega yeah i mean i think stephen stern's got like a three or four year waiting list um wow. it's just ridiculous but this one's a relic faded sonic blue but it's, it's for so me faded. this is the best falcon specs it's the tv jones um in the bridge position and you've got the slightly different tv jones which is like the black with gold um sort of pickup studs in, oh, in yes. the neck um there is a variation that they don't make anymore as a standard um gretch with that same configuration which is killer uh country club which is a three pick three p 90 uh hollow body hardtail i don't know if this is my favorite thing actually the country club it's very cool it's That's very a, very cool love, uh, i love that body shape i love the rounded lower horn on the on yeah. the Gretches like that. And the tailpiece on this is just cr- really crazy. Yeah, the the best, I guess the best tailpiece of them all in, in some ways is the 6130 Roundup, um, which is their sort of, I guess it's like the Duojet, um, smaller uh, single cutaway hollow body. The tailpiece is um, what looks like brass um, or aged gold, which is embossed with uh, several cowboys on a horse uh, rounding up some cattle. And there's a wagon. Uh, there's a wagon. There's a wagon, yeah. So some just ridiculous guitars from Gretsch. I mean, I, I'd love a Stephen Stern master built. They are truly incredible instruments. Uh, oh, and they're um, all, they're, they actually list, they're, they're all at different dealers now as well, these instruments. Yes, I'm, that. that's why I said I think they might be one of one. Of one. Right, right. Um, the roundup's not is quite affordable. Only seven and a half thousand pounds. You know, yes, com- I, comparatively to some of the others, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if most of those are probably already sold. Oh. Usually, with these things, they they uh, there's such a long wait list that, or you know, people they're so hard to find. That as soon as they come in, people are like, I've been waiting for that one. Um, I guess you've got four years to save um, as well. But yeah. A pink penguin, arguably the coolest guitar ever, um, with three why, pickups. Why, why, Matt? Have you never owned a Gretsch? Because you you often speak fondly about. Do you know, it's. It, it, I don't know. I guess maybe the right one. That when I all the time I've worked in music stores, we've never had one on the wall uh, that I've actually wanted. Like, a, a, I think occasionally, maybe one White Falcon. Would, never would a penguin. Get, would you? Would it be a, a penguin for you rather than a Falcon? Ooh, I think it would just come down if there was two there and I played both, it would be whichever one was better. I always right. thought the Penguin was the coolest. And the only time I've ever seen one like in the flesh, because, yeah, not many stores stock them as stand and had them on the wall. We certainly never did um, in the two shops that I was in. Um, the only time I ever saw one was a left-handed one, second-hand. Um, and, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it was left-handed. Um but I don't know. I, the Falcon, I'd, I'd probably, if I had to pick between the two, a Falcon would be very cool. A pink Falcon. I guess. They, well, I mean, a pink, they the the thing with the white Falcons is they don't they don't really do like an affordable model. Um, you know, it's they start at the three grand yeah. price point. Yeah, specifically um, the Falcon. Obviously, you can get the bigger uh, hollow body electromatics, but of the. Course, uh, yeah. I, I also realised that the headstock on the pink penguin actually has a little. Uh, sort of aged gold plate that's stamped the pink penguin which oh. i think is incredibly cool hmm. um the, and the one that you never see which would be incredibly amazing to actually see especially in a pink would be the uh the white chicken uh which I, is the i don't hollow, even know what that is which is the hollow bodied telly 
with Gretsch detailing. Um, right. So, yeah, slightly thicker telly with all of the gold sparkle binding and everything. Um, I can't remember if they made who they made that for, whether there was just a limited run of them or something. But, yeah, the uh, the white chicken. I always thought it. if uh, I always... One thing I was like, if I was just a billionaire... I'd just go to Gretsch and just be like, right, what I want is a matching pink chicken, uh, penguin, and falcon. And then it just comes in some sort of crazy flight case. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Just make me all three as a matching set. That's, yeah, it's not I'd a bad be a idea. Dangerous, I'd be a dangerous person if I, to, to fend a custom shop if I was a billionaire. You could probably do that on a credit card, though, mate. If you, yeah, yeah, and then just forever pay it off until... Yeah. Uh, well, you just said you got four years to save up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, you, I mean, you get you get you get paid roughly that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe not, not a year, but over over four years, you you get paid about a billion maybe. pounds, don't you? Yeah, yeah, about a billion. Yeah, yeah. So, so, well, you've say. got four years to save up. Sounds fair. <laughs> I think I want a Gretsch. Have you I ever had this, one? Well, we spoke about it last week. I had that that um, Gretsch Junior, like the single yeah. pickup, yeah, bowl one, but but yeah. not really. Like I've never had I've never had one since I've actually properly cared about guitars. Right. You you obviously what did you have? You had a, a black electromatic yeah. of some form. Yeah, I had a, a electromatic. Uh, I think it was a fifty four twenty five. I think it was a it was an electromatic with uh, de-armed, uh single coils. Oh, very. Rather cool. than um, light filtrant or anything. And um, that was what I used in the uh, ska band that I played in when I was... <laughs> of course. When of I was course. Between the, I got it when I was 16. Um, and, and again, I've told this story on the podcast before. I was 16 and I went into GAC uh, to buy a telly uh, because I wanted to be Joe Strummer. And uh, Mark, who was working at GAC at the time, refused to sell me a telly and made me buy this Gretsch instead. Um, and, uh, but because it had like, it had it like a, a, some, it, it'd been knocked or something. So it had some crack on the back and, uh, he knew that I wouldn't care about that. And I didn't care about that. Um, and presumably he was getting some sort of kickback for selling B stock (laughs) items. So (laughs) he, he, uh, he totally murked me and I, and I ended up buying it. Um, and I, I, I did in fairness, I did love it. And, um, I played that. In, yeah, in this ska band between when I was 16 through till I think our final show was I was 19 or 20. Um, and yeah, so that I probably did, I don't know, 100 gigs with that. Maybe, probably not that many. Um, but I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And then I, uh, I, by the time I sort of started working at GAC, I was like, okay, I'm a bit more au fait with what, guitars i like now and what i like is the telecaster that i tried to buy five years ago thanks mark <laughs> um and uh and so yeah I, I end up buying that and moving moving on the gretsch but um I, I, you know i is again one of those things that i have kind of come back around to um i think i would enjoy playing a gretsch a lot more now because i i just i so often I'm just picking up guitars, even without plugging them in necessarily. Um, and, you know, I think, and Mark talked about that briefly when, when he was talking about his casino a couple of weeks ago, just being able to pick up and play. And yeah, so I've, I've been thinking, I've been, I've been sort of swaying a bit more to the idea of a Gretsch. Um, but yeah, don't know. They're, they're just a bit big and unwieldy, even for someone like me, I think. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. A bit, a bit feedbacky. Is uh, is always my problem with you know my ES one seven five is when I actually <laughs> try and you know not play it in you know in in my office at sort of low volumes if I ever want to take it and actually do any performance stuff with it the amount of effects I run through it just makes it not especially usable which yeah. is uh, always the problem anyway that that is about that is about it for this week's episode of the guitar nerds podcast we're going to be continuing over on our patreon where you can join us as well dear listener we're going to be talking about more news things maybe taking some questions from the group i'd I'd definitely try to do that um but you can uh, you can join us there and you can support us on patreon for as little as a dollar a month one dollar a month will get you this regular episode ad free and early at the five dollar tier um 
You'll get that, plus access to our entire back catalogue of Patreon-exclusive episodes and miniseries. And at the $10 tier, you'll get all of those things, plus you'll get your name sung in our Patreon outro song, um, which is rather lovely. You can, of course, follow us on all the major social platforms with at Guitar Nerds. Join us on the Facebook community with uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds forum. And uh, we'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Cheers, gang. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.